Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. We all need some regular relaxation to avoid burnout. Downtime is a brain break from all the internal processing that our minds do daily and even helps to improve productivity. In this episode, we're going to look at downtime and why it's important for your mental health, your productivity, and your team. In the aftercast, we'll look at the how, exploring ways to apply downtime. But before we get started, Will, what have you been doing with your downtime? Well, uh, I actually got some downtime this weekend, mainly because I was completely cooked. Because I did the Amazon, you know, the AWS uh, Certified Cloud Practitioner exam this past week. And I didn't really prepare before Monday, you know, when I started studying and I took the exam Thursday. So that was, you know, in addition to normal work duties and all, you know, all the typical meetings and stuff, which actually were not as bad as normal this past week. But uh, yeah, I did it. I uh, got ready for it in a couple days uh, and I already started my study plans for the next one. So yeah, that that's my news. Congratulations. Didn't do so well uh, relaxing last week uh, until after that was over. Uh, I do think I overprepared, but like it's, it's got a stuff, a bunch of stuff about like how they bill and, and those kind of things. And I find that stuff to be really hard to study because I just hear numbers and it doesn't, it doesn't stick. So I had to really overdo it. To, to get it to stick. But yeah, glad it's over with. So how about you? Well, I did the sound and streamed my friend's wedding this past weekend. That was interesting. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. I, I emceed the reception, which was kind of fun because we had a, uh, a handheld portable microphone so I could like MC from all over. It was, it was an outdoor wedding, but like all over the tent. So, you know, I was announcing which tables would get up and go get get their food and stuff like that. And so I just go sit down and talk to people at that table and be like, all right, now this table is going to go and stuff like that. It was so much fun. It was also stressful because the equipment that we used um, had not been used since my friend's sister's wedding which I also did the sound for. Did not stream, but did the sound for. Yeah, back before COVID. So it hadn't been used in all that time. And so we had some some technical difficulties, which was was kind of fun. And uh, then just getting all the all the stuff set up and, and working. I was out. So I took the day off. I actually took Thursday and Friday off to set up. And so that was that was nice. It was kind of cool just like Going around doing all that. Uh, unfortunately, taking that time off, I didn't cut back on the workload that I had. So I just came back and had to catch up. So I've been playing catch up the last few days at work. But uh, man, doing that doing that wedding stream was so much fun. Like I, I do feel a little bit bad. I wasn't able to monitor the stream because I was kind of doing the job of three people. Like I was running the camera, running the sound, and running the stream. So I didn't find out that the volume 
on the stream was too low until after the fact. So, and I knew like they had a worship set in there, like they had the ceremony and then they had like 20 minutes of worship. And I knew that that wasn't going to be great going through the stream just because I only had one board with only a few inputs. So I could not have a separate mix for the stream. So the stream just got my live mix, which, you know, is it works for the like outside, but it did not like all you could hear were the drums the whole time, like very faintly in the background. You could hear the other instruments and the vocalist. But uh, yeah, because I had to turn the drums so high up on the live. And then our vocalist, she's got a voice that really carries. So I didn't have to have like a lot of her coming through the speakers because you could just hear her. You know, and the keyboards, the keyboard had speakers on it. So I had the sound coming from its speakers and from the main PA system. So, yeah, it was like I had them all turned down. And so the stream just didn't sound that great, but they still got it. So that's cool. But yeah, it was it was fun. Had a blast and got to hang out with a lot of my good friends doing the setup and stuff like that too. So we had we had fun. We'd like to welcome our new patron, uh, Shweta Karwa. Uh, thanks for joining up and uh, you know, thanks for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, this is what makes it possible. Saving money is hard. Especially when you are burnt out and you just need a mental break. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you not only establish a real plan, but to take action on that plan so that you can live your best life. Yeah, and that best life, by the way, includes actually being able to have downtime, which is (laughs) why we're talking about it in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, downtime is one of those things that pays off, just like investing in financial planning services. You know, the idea here is that you want to improve your finances enough so that it pays for that investment. And with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Yeah. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Lucas is also a fiduciary for his clients, which means he's not here to sell you a product, but to help guide you to a better financial situation. So you guys can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics you probably face and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their careers. You can also learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. Downtime refers to a span of time when a system or part of that system is not available. This term is often used when talking about server or network unavailability. However, it also applies to your own mental processing. Personal or mental downtime is a period of relaxation or decreased activity, specifically of mental activity. It's a time when you're not working, learning, or planning an activity. Yeah, there's a lot of different types of downtime. We're going to get into those in the episode. Some help you to better focus, while others help to take in more varied information for mental processing. Uh, It can be easy to get overwhelmed with the constant problem solving and information processing 
that our brains are doing, especially as software developers. That said, as developers, we combine the scientific methodologies with a creative aspect of our minds. This is a powerful combination, but can overwork our brains very easily. Yeah, that actually matches my experience a lot in software development because the creativity aspect, in addition to all the other things, like it, it seems like you don't burn out as quickly as you would if you were just doing one thing. But when you burn out, you do burn out more thoroughly. Yeah. And burnout happens when we haven't taken enough time to rest our minds. A lot of times we just want to push through the mental fog or writer's block uh, to get to something, you know, to get to a goal, basically, to, to get something on the screen, to get to get something completed. And this can often be detrimental to both our creativity and our ability to process information needed to solve complex problems. You know, we're, we're essentially getting in our own way. And taking a mental break during these times is often the best option. So in this episode, we are going to dive into what is downtime? It's different types and why it's important for you and your mental health. And then in the aftercast, we'll look at how you can give your brain a break. So first off, we need to discuss the difference between downtime and leisure time, uh, you know, including, you know, potentially where those overlap and where they don't. Uh, Leisure time is what you do in your free time for enjoyment. So this is movies, reading, hanging out with friends. Yeah. It's not non-work programming. Right. You know, and I mean, it, it can be learning something new, like we'll spends his leisure time learning language, learning Russian. I spend mine playing guitar and keys. been spending a little bit more time on keys lately than guitar, but I do need to pick my guitar back up. Well, I mean, I play it every day, but you know how to mean. Anyway, do, doing that, that's how we spend our leisure time. You know, going out with my friends, helping my, with my friend's wedding. That was leisure time. Yeah, I would almost say early on learning Russian, it was leisure time. I don't know that that applies now. Oh, yeah? Because there's a lot of information processing going on. The, see, uh, that's the thing. Leisure time requires information processing. You know, if if that is part of the process, so like even going to the movies requires information processing. You've got inf- input coming in. Reading definitely does. Hanging out with your friends, you're interacting with them. These are all leisure time things. You're you're processing information, but you're not. It's not work or or yeah. It, but basically, it's not work. It's pleasure. It's stuff you choose to do. True downtime means you are not processing information. Your brain is literally taking a break. Right. So that would be more like you know playing violent video games. <laughs> you know, it seems to be like my favorite. I don't. I don't know. I th- I would still say that's more leisure time. Because, yeah, the goal of downtime is to let your mind sort of wander and disconnect. So like walking in the woods. Yes. But see, I I don't look at walking in the woods as being not processing information either because I grew up out in the sticks. And so like I'm watching for snakes and I'm, you know, trying to avoid ticks and, you know, looking at the trees and everything else. So like it's it it's a ton of information coming in for me that maybe it's somebody else. Yeah. I was say what what is what is downtime for one person is not downtime for another person. That's, that's key. So like for me going out hiking is definitely downtime. I, I can get into a default, especially when I'm like when I'm hiking a new trail. No, uh, it it's leisure, not down. But when I go over here to Barfield, 
uh, the park that I hike all the time, that is total downtime because my mind is not thinking about the trail. I'm just, I'm walking it because that's, I, I do it all the time. And so jogging is, is downtime for me a lot because my mind is not focused. Like it's like, I'm focused on my physical body and like doing what I have to do to, you know, not stop. And so my mind is able to kind of just wander around. I I have noticed sometimes I'll just like, I'll be jogging. I'll let my mind wander. And then I'll look down at, uh, at the treadmill and I've run like a mile, maybe not that much, maybe three quarters of, I have done it. I have done three quarters of a mile and looked down and gone, Oh wow. I didn't realize I'd gotten that far just because my mind started wandering and it just go from one thought to the next and without like any control or any focus or anything. And just sort of, and the thing is during this, you you're kind of processing, but you're not actively processing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Another thing you can do too is uh, to try like mindless tasks, like doing dishes or yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is why, you know, I think a lot of people's really good ideas come to them, you know, in, in strange places, like in the shower Yeah, is because you're, you can't focus on something else and your mind actually catches up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, you know, obviously hiking, walking, jogging, potentially you know, swimming. I, w- I would say a lot of uh, like endurance athletic mm-hmm. activities probably fit in this. I'm not yeah. so sure that it would work with weightlifting. No. Uh, well, and I don't think I would want to be mindless with a large amount of weight on my back either. I, I wouldn't. I would not think weightlifting would be would be that. I will tell you something that uh, that can be is playing music. I I have not reached the level of this yet, but I, I have moments. Earlier today, I was on my keyboard playing, and I was just I was just playing with the metronome. So I'm trying to get a certain song down, and I just got into it and. I wasn't focused on what I was doing. I was just doing it. And I'll do that with guitar more often than, than keys. So when I get into the rhythm and I just, I feel the rhythm. Right. It just sort of flows. And when I, when I get that, that feeling the rhythm, then it's just like my mind can go off. Uh, unfortunately, I can't stay in that state for very long because I get out of the rhythm, but I, I'm working on it. I've like, you know, when I first started, I couldn't do that. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. So now let's talk about a few different types of downtime and sort of what they're for and how they help you. So the first is, you know, the downtime where you clear out your mind to focus better on a problem. You know, this is where you just get rid of the distractions and step away from a situation so that you can actually really think through it and let you know, and let the background processing really catch up. That's that's kind of the idea there. Yeah. With this, a lot of times what we'll do here is, uh, at least back when we were in the office, what I would do is go for a walk. Yeah. I used to do that at my previous job. Yeah. Like if I was just stuck on something. I don't do it here because there's so dead gum many hills. I'm just like, man, yeah. that is not going to help me. <laughs> lazy, lazy, lazy. I mean, it's, well, I mean, you, I just, I'm thinking about the hill, you know, yeah. where I'm going, so it doesn't help. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Kettlebell swings will help. Yeah. Climbing a hill won't. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, meditation is what I was thinking of with this one where you're just like literally just trying to clear your thoughts. And sometimes I'll do that. I will sit and just 
you know, let my mind just sort of like if a thought comes, just let it flow. I think we've had episodes on meditation before, but yeah, just sort of let that information and stuff flow out. And so the uh, the next one is where you relax your focus so that you can better process information coming in. So rather than clearing your mind to better focus, you're clearing your focus to better receive information from your surroundings. And, and this is like, I think this is more like Will going out into the woods because, yeah, I, w- I would say that it's, it's more like that. It's like my, because my focus is diffuse, but it's there. Yeah. And that's like me riding a motorcycle. Right. Which for a motorcycle for me would not be pleasant at all. Yeah. You got to, you got to pay attention to everything going on around you and like take in all that information. But like, it's so relaxing because I'm not focused on any one thing. And I'm just, I'm just sort of absorbing all the information that's coming in and letting it process. It really, honestly, I love it because it really clears me out. I go on a long ride and just like, I'll come back and I just feel so refreshed mentally from that because you're, you're focused on the ride, but you're not like focused. Like it's a different type of focus. I don't know how to describe it. So the next type of downtime is to calm the mind to reduce anxiety. And this tends to be the precursor to actual meditation for me. Yeah. Right? Like I'm trying to get into a state where maybe I'm observing my thoughts, but I'm not participating in them excessively. If that makes sense. Like it's like, okay, I think this, that's there, but I'm not going to roll that over in my head. I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. I had uh, lunch with a friend of ours who is a writer and was uh, recently diagnosed with uh, adult ADD. And she was telling me that uh, since she started taking the ADD medications, her anxiety has dropped drastically because before her mind was all over the place, And that was causing her anxiety. And when she became able to focus and didn't have the thoughts just going everywhere, her anxiety seriously dropped. Interesting. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, it's it's interestingly explanatory Mm -hmm. as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, when she was telling me that, I was like, oh, wow. So much of our childhood makes so much sense because I've known this person for a long time. And I'm like, Wow. Oh, that 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 makes a lot of sense. I'm like that. I'll say I've known her for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And and y'all were old friends when we met. So that's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's like wow. That that makes so much sense. So the final type of downtime that we're going to talk about in this episode is going into default mode network, which is actually a term that I, I found on the internet when I was researching downtime. Are basically letting your mind wander while you do mindless tasks. We we talked about that uh, in the difference between downtime and leisure time, but like default mode is basically. I mean, I've, I've heard that term for a long time, but usually it's in a negative connotation. People talk about, oh, I went into default mode on the drive, and you know, miss the exit. You're driving home. Yeah. Well, no, you don't miss the exit. You, you get home and you don't remember how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you go, or you may go be going somewhere else that's like a similar route and you end up at the wrong place, the, a different place, at the wrong place because you just defaulted. Well, like my parents moved a mile down the road from where I grew up, right? My sister lives at that house now, and I have to be really, really 
careful when I'm out that way because I will go to my old, you know, I'll go to the old house. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that, that is normal. But like, this is also just doing other mindless tasks. And uh, I've, I just remember this term because people talked about it from a negative standpoint about, you know, being present in the moment and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but there's moments you don't want to be present in. Well, there's that, but we do this for a reason because we need, like our minds need that rest. We need those mindless tasks. We don't need to be present in every single thing because that's not going to let us process. You're going to get, it's just not a good use of your mind. No, it's really not. If you're a software engineer, you've been there. It's 9 p.m. You're finally unwinding from work and your phone buzzes with an alert. Something's broken. And your mind already racing at what could be wrong. Is it the back end or the front end? Is it the server? Is it the cloud provider? You don't know. And now the whole team is scrambling from tool to tool and messaging person after person to find and fix the issue. That won't happen if you get New Relic. New Relic combines 16 different monitoring products that you'd normally buy separately. So engineering teams can see across their entire software stack in one place. More importantly, you can pinpoint issues down to the line of code so that you know exactly why the problem happened and can resolve it quickly. That's why the dev and ops teams at companies like DoorDash, GitHub, Epic Games, and more than 14,000 other companies use New Relic to debug and improve their software. Whether you run a cloud-native startup or a Fortune 500 company, it takes just five minutes to set up New Relic in your environment. That next 9 p.m. phone call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. And you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash CDP. That's N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash CDP. Newrelic.com slash CDP. So downtime allows for a break in processing information. And what we mean by this is the brain is designed for periods of work and periods of rest called focused and diffused modes. And, you know, this is kind of our our natural history is not one of constantly having to be focused and overly aware of your environment, right? Like that's why humans are pack animals is so that you're not always having to be awake and paying attention. Like we're not, we're not built for the kind of stresses we put on our brains and our bodies now. That's true. That's true. I was, um, I listened to some motivational stuff when I, when I run and lift and one of it's talking about, um, this motivational speaker, he, uh, he, he likes to talk about lions and he said someone once brought up the fact, he's like, do you know lions sleep for 20 hours a day? I don't know if that's true or not, but he said it. Well, they're cats. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, wow. They push all kinds of things off the savannah too, probably. He's <laughs> like, look at all they get done in just four hours. Uh-huh. Like, Could you imagine if, if they had more time? Man, if you're king of the jungle, you ain't got to work. <laughs> so but yeah yeah it's like yep that that makes sense that makes sense so to start off let's take a look at focus mode focus mode happens when we're learning something we're working on important tasks uh, basically anything that takes our processing power where we are actively using our our cpus up here in our heads 
you know that's that is focused mode when when we're creating when we're problem solving when we're learning uh, even again like movies can be sometimes that uh, video games especially if you play dark souls or elden ring that is very focused mode. Now I've been playing that and Ratchet and Clank, and Ratchet and Clank is definitely not focused mode. It is definitely fun, laid back, you know, relaxation. But yeah, anything that takes that that processing power, and I think that's why I don't really care much for those games like Elden Ring, is because I'm so focused on so many other things. That yeah, I looked at the previews for it, and I was like, ah, this looks like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of really like timing and. Mm-hmm. Timing and grinding. Yeah, timing and grinding. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I can do that, you know? Yeah. For the same reason. I got, you know, of course, I play Factorio and it's it's a different kind of focus, but you know, you can walk away from it mm-hmm. and you're okay. Oh, well, with Elden Ring, you got to like watch when you pause because if you just, just hitting the pause button doesn't actually pause the game. Yeah. You have to like go into something. It's a, it is intense. And even if I'm in the right mindset, it can be a lot of fun. But right. yeah, but it's not going to give you downtime. Um, Ooh, for sure not. Now, this, you know, in contrast to this is diffuse mode, which allows your brain to catch up without adding new information to process. And so, you know, this is the other case for video games, which I think is a, is a lot of the reasons why people enjoy them or enjoy TV. Uh, you know, a lot of the mindless television shows are kind of like this, right? Like you're not. You're not really collecting much information. It's sort of there as background noise. Well, um, this is why people like watching the same shows over and over again. Yeah. Um, or the or same sitcoms. That yeah. Or, or why sitcoms are so popular. It's because it's basically the same thing over and over. Or Hallmark movies are all the same. But people love them because right. they know because what's going to happen. not actually loving them because they're just there. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, and and you know, and that's totally fine, right? Like you got to have something like this, and I honestly think some people do this with books too, to to some degree or other. You know, any kind of media consumption at some level, you're going to have this, or it's going to become so stressful that you don't do much of it, or it's the only thing you do. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, the idea is that you you let your brain actually catch up and not be constantly processing signals that you know are deeply meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of break there. It it lets you consolidate the information you have and it lets your like you said, catch up pretty much. Yeah. Cause it's like you got it's like you got a bunch of background threads running and eventually mm-hmm. the foreground thread gets completely jammed up because it's got too much work scheduled in the background. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't you know, like there's not a threading strategy for that. There's a stop doing crap strategy for that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's it exactly, man. So next, downtime increases your productivity. And and this sounds kind of like an oxymoron that taking breaks actually makes you more productive, but it really does. You know, first off, our brains are designed to be efficient and they want to be more efficient. So when there's a constant input, it's going to stop registering that information. Yeah, I mean, like, your brain is probably one of the most expensive organs you have uh, in terms of energy input and, and everything else. And so it is going to optimize because if it didn't, you know, your ancestors would have starved. And so when the yeah. brain is constantly getting you know, disruptive input that it has to focus on after a while, it, it 
it will not focus on it because it's it's kind of devaluing that input and going, okay, nothing bad happened because of this. So I'm going to be fine, right? Like this is this is why you're scared to death the first time you drive when you're 16. And when you're in your 40s, you're, you're going down the interstate and you're just, you know, people like cut in front of you and it doesn't even really register, right? It's still very, very dangerous and you need to pay attention to that input, but your brain has gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've made it to your 40s and you're not dead yet. Yeah. I was thinking more... It feels like it sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I was talking to a friend at church. He's older. He was in the military. Liked to listen to really loud music when he was younger. Probably still does listen to really loud music because he has hearing problems. Um, Likes to shoot guns, that sort of stuff, you know. Anyway, so uh, he was talking about how... He doesn't like wearing his hearing aids because it turns everything up and it's like over like he's like, I can't tell like what you're saying. And I was telling him like, yep, I was like, that's what you went through when you were a kid, too. But your your brain learned to filter that stuff out. It's like the only way you're going to learn to filter that out is to wear your hearing aids. He didn't like hearing that, but you know, he was like, well, he probably turned his hearing aid off. So he didn't hear that. Right. <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What? What was that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like that, but um, it's also like being in a crowded room or like at a bar or a coffee shop or something like that. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of noise going on, but you can completely focus on the person right in front of you. Because your brain is just, it's filtering out that constant background noise. You know, if you, you're constantly hearing the same thing over, like, just, you know, well, the same tone. Like sounds, right? Like, it's sights, yeah. it smells. Like, I, I've known several people that have had multiple cats, right, that, you know, did their business in the house and they were not particularly well litter box trained. And... Oh the smell of that house when you walk in, it's like, woo. It, I mean, it'll take your breath and they live in there and they, they're not aware of even notice. Yeah. That's a really good example, man. I, I yeah. About that. Well, I mean, cause the brain is, is built, right? Like it's a pattern recognition device essentially. And its job is to get rid of patterns that don't provide value. Yeah. More than it is to recognize patterns that do. It's like, you, you just, it's by elimination essentially is how it, it works. Well, this whole thing is an adaptive mechanism that's useful to help focus. And when it's not functioning properly, that's when we get overstimulation. That's when I think people who are uh, kind of on the autism spectrum too suffer from this. Uh, People with ADHD suffer from some of this type of overstimulation where the brain isn't, isn't effectively filtering those things out and we're, we're not going to well, get into social like signals whole, are a great example yeah. of that too. Right. With, uh, you know, people I know that, that have like ADHD, like that's a big thing that a lot of them talk about. They're like, I, it, it's like they can't process the social interactions anymore. They're like, my social battery is empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now I'll also tell you something that, you know, Beej and I both have learned basically repeatedly for our entire lives because we forget this lesson every so often and then have to learn it again because everybody does. Uh, and that is that taking brief breaks when you're solving a problem will help you stay focused longer. And it often uh, actually solves the problem in mm-hmm. one way or another. Uh, and I could totally go off on this. If we were still doing tricks of the trade, I probably would. <laughs> 
But you know, you, you'll notice that like when you step away from a problem, half the time you either get a solution or the problem goes away. Yeah, in, in some yeah. other manner, and, and like when you double down, that neither of those things happens. Mm-hmm. And then finally, a lack of downtime leads to creative redundancy because you keep repeating the same ideas. This is a really interesting thing. I, I, I read this in several of the uh, the studies and posts that uh, that talked about creativity and downtime. This uh, this whole episode came out of uh, a whole other thing in my the creative side of my life, where I was looking into creativity and downtime for for some church stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's interesting when you don't take downtime. Your your creativity becomes cyclical, and you keep you keep coming to the same ideas. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, you see this phenomenon all the time, right? Like, you'll have some band that has a breakout hit, right? And also, they're getting all this attention, and they're you know they're touring, they're doing all this stuff. They got all this crap coming at them, and they don't get downtime because they're like, well, I don't want to fade away. And then what happens? Well, I mean, you know, apologies to the Nickelback fans out there, but I think this is largely why that band kind of has that reputation. All their stuff sounds the same. And you'll see the same thing with a lot of other bands, a lot of other creative types as well, right? Like, honestly, most of the Beatles songs sound kind of the same to me as well. Even though they're very, very creative people, there's like stretches in there that the songs are kind of the same. And then they get like something happens. And then, you know, then the next set of stuff picks up and it sounds very different from the previous, but there's a, there's a creative uh, uh, repetition that that occurs well, for a little while of, until they hit that. Part of that part too with this album, yeah, yeah. Like you, you've got an album and you want it to sound similar. Um, yeah, but like, this is across albums. Um, but but it's it's very much the same kind of phenomenon. I would argue that a lot of stuff going on in Hollywood right now is the same kind of deal because stuff, you know, in in a lot of cases is not working as well as it used to, and mm-hmm. the executives are like, well, we need to work harder, right? And they they come out with a lot of the same ideas, like, let's make everything dark and gritty and, like, you know, make Batman have the gravelly voice, you know, like that kind of crap. And, you know, that works the first time, and they go, well, let's do that again. Yeah. Because they well, haven't actually taken the downbeat. Yeah, well, that's the the frustrating thing I, I see. And this is, this is actually a little bit different. Um, it's what's happening is people aren't being creative. They are seeing like a pattern that works. Someone is creative and they, they come up with something that goes again. That's like different from the norm. It is successful. And then there's a bunch of copycats and then it becomes a trope. Well, like all the dark fantasy thing after game of Thrones. Yeah. Right. Like that's a prime example of that. But I mean, the other thing with that is like game of Thrones itself did that. Yeah. This I, what you're talking about is a legit phenomenon, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think is what I'm trying to get at. That, well, it, it's it's similar. Yeah, but it's it's not exactly the same. So what this is is, let's say you're you're trying to like come up with a creative solution for a problem, and you just end up coming up. You come up with the same your own same ideas over and over, and you 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 lack like when you don't have downtime, you don't have like that mental break, right? I mean, I, I guess like what I'm describing is the aggregate of a whole bunch of people getting to that point. Well, yeah, Almost an uh, industry like, may, like possibly an industry. But the thing is, yeah. what what I'm saying is like with what you're you're discussing right now, and this is really fascinating, slightly off topic, but still absolutely fascinating. Is 
you're, you're, there's more factors involved too, because what people are seeing is it's, all right, they did something that was successful. So I want to repeat their success. And they try to f- create a formula out of creativity. Right. But I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about the same people doing the same thing as well. Right. Like, again, the Nickelback reference is a great one. George R.R. R. Martin, you know, all his stuff is dark. And it's the same kind of like, oh, the good, you know, the guy that you like is going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, every, every time. And it's like, that works. And, and so it's, it's kind of why I stopped watching Joss Whedon stuff. It, it's like the content treadmill that you get on in podcasting. Like a lot of podcasts you listen to and they sound the same. And, you know, if it's comforting, that's great. But if it's not, it, it's not. And yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It kills the creativity. And See, honestly, now, if they took downtime. Now, now that like what you said there is a little bit is different from what you said before. What you said, what you just said there is, is an example of not having the downtime leading to creative redundancy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's not just a, a single person, right? Like it, yeah, that is a thing. And that's definitely what we're talking about. But when an industry does that as a whole, it's still the same. Yeah. Well, the thing is when, when it's, when it's the industry, a lot of times it's, there's more factors involved than just not, da- not taking downtime. Yeah. Like, well, it's yeah. a shortcut, right? Like it's, yeah. it's a, I mean, part of the reason you're doing this is to save energy and it's a mental shortcut. Yeah. And yeah, that's what that's everybody true. else is doing too. Copying your success. Well, I mean, sometimes you're not doing it to be, sh- to take a shortcut. Sometimes you're doing it because it's a creative, it's a new, it's a different idea. You know, like making, making the hero, the bad guy, like turn out to be bad. That was a, a unique, neat idea that someone did and it was fascinating. It went over really well because people hadn't seen that before. And now I'm so sick of it. I would like, I want a wholesome hero for once. Like, we don't have any. Like, they even ruined Superman by making like the fascist Superman. The Injustice timeline is absolutely fascinating. That was a really great game. But still, it's like, come on now. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm tired of that. Like, like, you know. Anyway, so well, and and this is what it's like to be on the receiving end of that, yeah. Right? Which is why you want to take the breaks, is so that you don't burn out your fans. That's true. Uh, like Marvel, like all of them. <laughs> uh, Marvel's the worst at the at the present moment. I am. I am so so like, far. <laughs> I said at the present moment. I mean, Star Wars is catching up. Yeah, I blame Disney. It's all Disney's fault. Like that's but well, and, anyway, and, and they're on a treadmill. They are. They are collectively. So all this to say creatives need downtime and software development is a creative endeavor. Like we are literally creating something from nothing. Even if, you know, you're just creating the most mundane crud app, you're still creating that. Well, and and the average mundane crud, crud app either goes away or it doesn't stay mundane very long. That's true. Yeah, but you definitely have to manage your creative process and your creative energy while you do this job or it will crush you. You know, creatives really need a lot of unfocused, unstructured time to just kind of sit and process the world. And it's very easy to forget that when you're trying to grind to to get somewhere, especially if you're trying to start a business or you're, you know, doing heavy consulting or something like that. It's really easy to forget this and it will cut your edge down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. And this is the reason that most of the best ideas come not in the boardroom or a cubicle, but on the toilet or in the shower, as Will mentioned before. Yeah, or driving your car. That's the most irritating yeah. one, honestly, because like when you're in interstate traffic, you can't really write an idea down. That's sort of frowned upon by the state troopers, turns out. Yeah, that's why uh, you, you like, have 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the trick to get around that. Uh, and you have it where you get to it quick. Yeah. I, I think some of your most creative writings came to you on the toilet. A few of them, yeah. Yeah. A few yeah. ideas. I just remember have, the, yeah. the, the one, the, the one when we poem. met, the poem. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. We didn't meet on the toilet. Let's, no. let's clear that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I wrote a parody of the first 14 lines of Romeo and Juliet. You know, there's the two households, both alike in dignity and fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Da, 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 da. That that piece, because we were at a very fundamentalist uh, Christian college, uh, which has since become much less fundamentalist, say, we're in a different fashion. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I made a parody of it about the school and like the entire thing. You know, I I had some downtime. I was dealing with a lot of you know pretty difficult classes, and I just happened to be sitting there and the whole thing basically popped into my head. Yeah. And you will get that. Like your brain is looking for an avenue for your creativity. And if you do not create one, it will create one itself. Mm-hmm. I get, um, but it'll um, probably hurt. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I get, I get poems like that sometimes. Sometimes I just get little snippets Yeah, and you, you sit down and you write. Yeah. So uh, research at the center for mindfulness and human potential at the university of California. This is my little bit of research in here for you guys. Showed 30% of creative ideas originated when thinking or doing something unrelated. So there is scientific backing for your best ideas coming to you on the toilet. Yeah, or basically anywhere else. I know, but I just think that's funny. Yeah. Because taking time to allow your mind to rest and reset is crucial to maintaining your ability to create innovative solutions to the problems that you face as a developer. Too often as developers, we will only take a break when we're done or if we are too sick to work. This leads to a vicious cycle of forced downtime because of burnout or illness. Having regular short amounts of downtime will help to prevent and even alleviate this cycle. When downtime is a regular occurrence, the actual amount of time resting is less than when it happens because of burnout or illness. So all that said, check out the aftercast because there we're going to talk about how to implement downtime into your schedule. That's all we got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at Complete Dev Pod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.